Thanks for downloading this IMSA radio podcast. podcast from the International Motorsports Association and Radio Show Limited. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced, or used in any form without permission. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. Hello, everybody, and after our super Saturday, we've got a stunning Sunday at VIR for the IMSA Michelin Prototype Challenge Day. That's the main event, but plenty of other racing to go around that. So settle back. Don't go too far away from your computer or your phone, whether you're tuned in in sound or vision. We're bringing it all together as we unite the endurance racing community in the us and worldwide we'll kick things off today with a one hour 45 minute contest for the imsa prototype challenge and that's next on imsa tv and imsa radio the imsa prototype challenge on imsa radio part of the radio show limited network Welcome to round four of IMSA Prototype Challenge competition. This starts the second half of the 2020 season for these competitors. And we are at Virginia International Raceway, an old school racetrack that these drivers absolutely love. Southern Virginia, right on the border of North Carolina, sits VIR, 3.27 miles, 17 turns. And it is a track that has absolutely everything. Good passing in turn one, up in turn 12. The end of the back straightaway, these cars will approach 165 miles an hour. And then through the final turn onto the long front straightaway, known as hog pin, come down through that compression, down the front straightaway to the start finish line. That will bring you victory here at VIR. This racetrack has been here since 1957. The late Paul Newman called it heaven on earth and you can see why i said it's an old school type of racetrack and it certainly is welcome everyone brian till along with jeremy shaw will bring you the action today one hour and 45 minutes worth of prototype challenge competition and jeremy shaw you can see the field right now coming down through the area known as roller coaster one more pace lap we'll get started take us through the grid Take a look at how our field will line up today. Matt Bell, Naveen Rao on the pole. Qualifying did not happen. There was a, a crash in one of the other series and the racetrack had to be worked on. So they line up by team championship points. The 54, Dakota Dickerson, Dominic Cicero line up second. Then Joel Janko, Kirk, Kirk, uh, Kyle Kirkwood in third. John Brannon, Blake Mount line up fourth in the number six. Keith Grant and his brother David Grant in the 40. They'll line up fifth. 
Cameron Castles, Max Hanratty will line up sixth. In seventh, Jerry Kraut, Scott Andrews, they've been on a tear as of late. Then the Palmer brothers, or father and son, I should say, in eighth, Hamilton and Kazimitz in ninth. Stephen Thomas, the, one of the only two solo drivers in the field, rounds out the top 10. Then Stephen McAleer, Joe Robillard, they'll roll off in 11th. LaHaye in 12th. Lance Wilson, Bud Grossenbacher in 13th. John Brownson, Wyatt Schwab, 14th. And Dan Goldberg and Rasmus Lynn round out the field once again based on team points. Right, they are on, they are based on team points, but Dan Goldberg in that kind of a 19, he will start last in this race. He is fourth in the driver points coming to this weekend, but driving a different car this weekend, a third entry for Performance Tech Motorsport. So he will start at the back of the field. These drivers have very little time. I was talking to Stephen McAleer this morning, and he said, I have four laps in the wet here in the prototype challenge car and zero in the dry. In addition, McAleer racing in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo North American Series here at VIR this weekend. Two very different type cars. The Lamborghini has anti-lock brakes and traction control. The prototype challenge car does not. The Lamborghini is actually faster in a straight line, but with the downforce, the prototype challenge machines are faster through the corner. So McAleer said, I, I need a caution by about the fifth lap so it can kind of reset and, and realize where I am, kind of get things gathered back up and then I can go racing. But they're gonna have a long charge from where he rolls off back in the 11th position. Yeah, it's a one-hour, 45-minute race, so he's got plenty of time to get himself in the groove. But this is uh, perfect weather conditions this morning, about 73 degrees. As you can see, partly sunny, and I think we're, this is absolutely perfect for racing conditions right now. The pace car lights are off. We're getting ready for the start. BMW X5M competition leading the field. They'll duck to pit lane, and then side-by-side side right now, lined up Naveen Rao behind the wheel of the 64 Dom Cicero in the 54, waiting for that start, waiting, looking down the order, looking down that long straightaway. It's hard to even see the start stand from here, waiting for the call on the radio or see the starter flinch and throw the flag, and we'll be racing at BIR, and here we go. Thundering down to turn one, three, four abreast as they head into the corner there. And you really have to keep things gathered up. Brandon in the sixth, that Motel 6 entry with a good start up to third from this fourth place starting position. Very good start by John Brown, considering he's done very little racing. He got a fairly late call to join this performance tech team in that Motel 6 car alongside Blake Mount, who's back this weekend, having missed the last couple of races. But that was a really good start by Blake Mount and by uh, John Brannan, and he, he uh, slots right there into third position. Joel Janko dropping back a bit in 47 Motorsports entry, started third, now back to about six in the black and orange machine, and now up through the S's the first time. And none of these drivers have many dry laps around this racetrack. So one of these deals where it's all about just exploring right now and trying to figure out where the grip is, where my car's working, and they haven't had a chance to set them up. This is a, a race into the unknown, Jeremy. Well, it really is uh, for a lot of these drivers, and particularly someone like John Brennan there in that third position right now. He's, uh, he's a coach at, uh, at a country club track in, in the uh, Miami area, 
but uh, uh, called the concourse. Apart from that, he's done some karting, he's done some club racing, but very little uh, big-time racing. Really, this is his, it's certainly his first IMSA start, his first start in any uh, major competition as well. He's, he's doing a right, really good job in third position, and not too far behind those two leaders at this stage. Naveen Rao, he starts on the pole position for K2R Motorsports as a result of the, the points coming into this weekend. A good start from him, but under pressure now from Dom Cicero. Well, and you think about Dominic Cicero partnering with Dakota Dickerson. They've not been together all year long, and Dominic Cicero knows that his job is to help Dickerson to the championship. Dickerson second right now in that championship, only two points out of first. Dominic Cicero knows that he needs to run well, run up front, but not risk that machine, hand it over to Dakota Dickerson to see if he can make that run here in the second half of the season towards that championship. That's exactly right, and uh, for uh, for Carl Kirkwood, he's uh, done very little racing this season. Uh, a multiple open wheel champion, he's won five championships in the last three years. He won the opening round of, of this season in the Prototype Challenge with Joel Janker and also with Jonathan George, who's not present this weekend. He's a regular driver for Joel Janker. Instead, Jonathan George is is, is uh, spotting at Indianapolis Motor Speedway for Max Chilton in today's 500-mile race. So Carl Kirkwood slotting in here. Uh, very little driving all the way through the year. He had a test in a Formula E car for the Andretti BMW team early in the year. Uh, he'd done some testing, but that's about it. So he's looking forward to getting back behind the wheel of that number 47 car in the latter stages of this race. I'm impressed right now as well, Jeremy, with John Brannon in the six, a driver with really no experience in prototype challenge machine thrown into the deep end here when that green flag flew and, and a good start. Absolutely right, and uh, he, he's, he's, he's not losing out much ground. He's hanging on the head of, uh, of uh, Keith Grant, who was the pole sitter and the early leader at Road America uh, a few weeks ago. So John Branham has setting, settled into this car really, really nicely. That's the Motel 6 entry. It's a Ligier chassis entered by Performance Tech Motorsports. And everyone who drives these machines talks about how good they are, how much fun they are to drive. Such a real race car as Grant now looks to the inside under braking. And I think Don Brandon doing a good job, not only of finding speed, but realizing, hey, you know, this is a long race, over an hour and 40 minutes left to go. And you want to be careful about how hard you're willing to fight right now. The job in any endurance competition is for the opening stint drivers to make sure that the finishing drivers have a car to race with. And Brandon, without a lot of experience, wants to make sure that he can hand that car over to Blake Mount in good shape. Well, yeah, that's a very good point. So that is certainly the goal for these opening drivers. This is a pro-am championship. So it's effectively a pro driver and an am driver. And by definition in the regulations, the, the am driver, the less experienced driver, has to start the race. Those are the drivers we're seeing at the wheel of these cars right now. There'll be a mandatory pit stop halfway through this race, around about halfway through this race, and then the pro will take over for the, the final half. The cars can run around about an hour on a tank of fuel. This is an hour and 45 minute race, so they can make the pit stop anytime after that 45 minute, the first 45 minutes of the race are completed. Then the AM driver, he's completed his driving time, and he can hand over the pro at any stage after that, but not before. Right now, championship leader Naveen Rao out in front of Dominic Cicero. The second half of the IMSA Prototype Challenge Championship season starts today. It starts here at VIR, and right now, Rao trying to hold down that championship. More to come from VIR.
Veen Rao continues to hold down the point in his number 64, leading over Dominic Cicero. And this really is the fight for the championship. We talk about starting the second half of the season, three down, three to go. Rao and his teammate holding on to a very slim margin. He and Matt Bell, just a two-point lead over Dakota Dickerson. Dominic Cicero joining Dakota Dickerson the second round of the championship at Sebring and has really helped that car come alive. They've had a good, consistent run, a third, a fourth, and a fourth. And when you look at the performance, Jeremy, of the 64, they started out like gangbusters with a second-place finish at Daytona, then dropped the third at Sebring, then fifth at Road America. They're not trending in the right direction. No, that's true. But uh, the city's still a long way to go in this season, so they've got plenty of time to make up that ground uh, the Naveen Rao went to quicker on that last lap of one minute 45.784 but the fastest lap on that uh, third lap completed was Keith Grant who's moved up into third place ahead of John Branham a 144.9 for Keith Grant in caliber 40 that's the 47 motorsports Norma M30 in third position good battle here Joel Janko in that black and orange 47 really being pressured by Thomas just behind him in the 11. Stephen Thomas, one of only two drivers, we said, driving solo this weekend. Thomas with some good stable top 10 runs, an eighth at Daytona, 10th at Sebring, and then a 12th at Road America. But good runs there in the top 10 and, and pressuring Janko right now. Janko, as you talked about earlier, uh, will hand that car over to a very, very fast Kyle Kirkwood when they make the stop. And Jenko and his regular teammate, Jonathan George, fourth in the championship right now. So Kirkwood has a job to do, and that's keep Jenko there in the championship. Yeah, that's exactly right. And uh, Joel has, uh, has, has done a good job this season, but he's also made a few mistakes, and that's what he's got to see a clear of this afternoon. He's under very strict instructions not to do anything <laughs> silly. Uh, he's a great guy, Joel. I mean, a, a super uh, a super workout enthusiast. He's 71 years of age. You certainly wouldn't know it because uh, he, can, he can drive the wheels off this car. He's from Key Largo in Florida. And there he is running uh, very nicely now in sixth position. That's exactly the sort of position that would be fine for this 47 motorsports team and for Carl Kirkwood in the latter stages because we know how good Carl Kirkwood is. What's going to be really interesting later on, though, is that Carl Kirkwood's uh, main rival over the last two years in the open wheel ranks is a young Swede, teenage Swede by the name of Rasmus Lind. He is going to be driving the number 19 car in the latter stages of this race. It's going to be fun if they get together on the racetrack. Now, when you saw Lind's debut at Sebring, it was impressive. This an impressive battle as well. Keith Grant on the heels of that third place finish at Road America the last time out. He and his brother in fifth in the championship, and they are trending in the right direction. 11th at Daytona, eighth at Sebring, third at Road America. And you really kind of think, Jeremy, that sometimes when you find some success, and whether it was because you found something in the car or you just found something that ticked, that stays with you and it kind of just emboldens you. And that's what we're seeing right now. It's Keith Grant, a good run right there putting pressure on dominic cicero grant in that 40 black and orange really beginning to pressure cicero and uh, both of the uh, second second and third place cars were fractionally quicker than the race leader naveen rao on that lap so there's still only 
you know, less than two seconds between those three leaders. Naveen Rao, he's relatively new to racing, only started a couple of years ago, but we can see how quickly he has learned. He started off, his, his, his initial driver coach was Alex Barron, who had a lot of success in Oakwood ranks, including driving uh, at Indianapolis. He had an IRL race win to his credit as well. Uh, he's uh, not, not performing that role anymore, but Naveen Rao is, is really doing a super job at the, at the front of this field for that K2R Motorsports team. This battle beginning to heat up, being joined by the nine, the black and blue, number nine, just behind Jerry Kraut behind the wheel there. And he and his teammate, Scott Andrews, talk about trending in the right direction. Well, when you finish first in the last two races, that's not trending. That's a pretty flat line. The problem is they didn't run the first race. So right now seventh in the championship, but there's been no stronger driver, driving duo over the last two rounds than Jerry Kraut and Scott Andrews. Kraut right now being shown in eighth and occasionally in the heavy braking zones down in turn one. He really closes up in the lower speed areas of the racetrack. He does. He's uh, chasing after Stephen Thomas. And Stephen Thomas had some gearbox problems yesterday in that K2R Norma. He had some gearbox problems uh, and another electrical problem. So there was an alternator problem that stopped the car last time out at Road America. And they had a problem with that as well during testing earlier in the week. So they're going to have to hope that uh, problem is solved here this uh, this morning at VIR. But uh, so good battles all the way through the field. A bit of a gap back from the, the top three now to John Branham, who slipped back a bit, but he's still holding in fourth position. And then for the, this battle here with uh, looking to the inside, that Steve Thomas sneaking past Joel Janko in the breaking area for two. A nice move by Stephen Thomas. I think a nice move by Joel Janko as well. I think he knew he had been had and just kind of said, okay, I'm not going to risk the car once again. I've got a teammate, a very fast teammate. I'm going to hand it over to. Things heating up at VIR, both on the racetrack and a big crash there in turn one. It's like two cars have gotten together in the braking zone. It's so number three and number 33, I think. That's a Lance Wilsey, yeah. the number 33 in the uh, kind of red and white car and uh, and and Greg Palmer. Whoops, oh yeah, Ooh. Lance just lost it under braking. Looked like the rear end snapped out. Pretty significant damage to, I think, the suspension on both of those cars. It looks like perhaps when Wilsey went down in a gear that the rear tires locked because the car spun so quickly and you see both cars trailing massive amounts of fluid you want to get that car off the racetrack because it is going to be a problem for everyone else that follows. No problems in front right now for Naveen Rao, though. Dominic Cicero still second. Keith Grant in third as we'll take some time to get this mess cleaned up. And then we'll be back to green flag action at VIR and inter IMSA, I should say, prototype challenge competition. Disappointment for Lance Wilsey, that problem in turn one under braking when back into the car snapped out. And Lance Wilsey, another one of those drivers doing double duty this weekend, driving in the Lamborghini Super Trofeo Championship as well as IMSA Prototype Challenge, gets in there. And Jeremy, the back end comes around so quickly. I wonder if, to some extent, a little bit of confusion. We talked about very little time in the Prototype Challenge cars because of the weather. You know, tr just trying to reacclimate to this prototype machine from the Lamborghini that he raced yesterday and it just bit him there in turn one. It looks like radiator damage to both of the machines involved. 
Yeah, that was a strange incident. I and mean, it wasn't as if he was diving to the inside, he lost it under braking. Uh, and then he, he seemed to spin again there. That was a different spin we saw on that replay. That uh, was uh, on the exit turn one. I wonder whether there was some sort of a problem at the back end of that car number 33 for Lance Wilsey because uh, it certainly looked like a, a strange one when it, the initial spin. And then, of course, poor old Greg Palmer, absolutely nowhere to go. He was really unfortunate in, in, that, uh, in that instance there. But uh, from Lance Wilsey's pulled that car off the road and behind that car on the racetrack there's some fluid and I wonder yeah. whether there was a, a problem that caused that spin for Lance Wilsey, most unfortunate I, I, I think the contact is what probably does the radiators, here it is goes to the brakes, he'll be going down through gears and then all of a sudden is when the rear comes around, I didn't see the rear tires locked when they came into view so it's not like they were locked under braking until after he spun there's the contact, and immediately you see fluid coming out the right side of the three, and I think the punctured radiator on the 33 as well, because when Lance Wilsey continues underway, you see a lot of fluid coming out the back of the 33, and eventually that's what causes him to spin, because I, that radiator in front of the rear wheels is just dumping the fluid there on it, and I think that's what causes him to spin the second time, but considerable, considerable damage to both the three and the 33, and that is not what anybody wanted to see. No, that's really unfortunate for both of those two guys. The, the Palmer's father and son, Greg, and his son, Eric, who was set to drive the second part of this race. This is their driver for the Junior 3 motorsport team based in Charlotte. So this is the home race, effectively, for that team, only uh, three, or four, three or four hours down the road here from VIR. And this is the first anniversary of this team making its debut in the IMSA Prototype Challenge. So they came in here with high expectations. The team had a, a fifth-place finish, an excellent fifth-place finish at Sebring, a couple of races ago, but it uh, looks like the day is going to be ended early here at VIR. Lance Wilsey, another one of those competitors, just such a likable guy, loves this prototype challenge car, actually has two of them, and one of them has a different engine package that he uses for test days and such, and then comes and runs this one on the IMSA prototype challenge weekend. So disappointment for them. We're under full course caution. But there'll be more green flag racing still just under an hour and a half to go from Virginia International Raceway. Perhaps this full course caution will allow all the drivers to reset a little bit, Jeremy. We talk about the lack of green flag time that they've had over the weekend because of weather and other incidents. So maybe this is a little reset for everybody. What do you think? Yeah, I, th I mean, I think uh, apart from Greg Palmer and Lance Wilsey, this is exactly what they wanted uh, because it does give them a chance to, to reset and get, you know, get themselves uh, you know, properly focused now on the, on the remainder of this uh, first stint. It's way too early to be thinking about making a pit stop at this stage. So then now there'll be another, another you know, shortish run, probably another uh, 20, 25 minutes or so before the, it is time to make the pit stops and you know, for some of the drivers that have kind of fallen back a little bit they'll be given a chance to 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 uh, pull back up towards uh, towards the leaders again and for those who are waking, making their way through the pack i'm thinking particularly uh, dan goldberg who actually hasn't made much progress in car number 19 which is slightly surprising uh, but uh, for, for some of the drivers uh, he and uh, and jerry crowd who started quite a long way back now it brings them again closer to the leader. So any passes they can make now will put their co-drivers in a much better position relative to the overall leader prior to the pit stops. BMW X5M competition safety car out in front of the field. Talk about an impressive car. 
It has a top speed. Are you ready for this? Of 177 miles an hour, 617 <laughs> horsepower in its competition model. You can get the X5M or the X5M competition, and why wouldn't you get the extra 17 horsepower? 117 miles an hour, and I think it's got 500 and something foot-pounds of torque. So if you want to hustle the kids around to soccer games and so on and so forth, but also go have a little fun, there's your car right there leading here at VIR. It's round four of IMSA Prototype Challenge. It starts the second half of the season. This is where your championship run really needs to take off. Naveen Rao out in front right now, and as the crews work to clean up the racetrack, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be right back. All that fluid down in turn two and three after the wounded 33 of Lance Wilsey and the number three of Greg Palmer got back underway after their contact. They'll have to get that cleaned up. And Jeremy, I wonder what the mindset of the drivers are. You've been through that area a couple of times. You've seen that oil dry going down, the kitty litter as they call it, and it goes across the racing line. Wilsey was on the left side of the track, exited to the right side of the track. So it goes across the racetrack. Is Naveen Rao saying, do I really want to be the first one through this when we go back to green? Yeah, that's exactly what he's saying. And it's not going to be easy for him as well. He's the guy who's going to find out. If the guy behind, he can see whether the guy in front is sliding. If he is, he's got a split second at least to react to it. If you're the leader, you don't. So uh, particularly for someone like, like Naveen Rao, who hasn't been racing for that long, you know, this is particularly daunting, I think, uh, in the early stages of this race. But uh, he's got enough in experience now. He's raced for a season and a half in the IMSA Prototype Challenge, so he should be just fine. Just looking at the championship points coming into this weekend, and you talked about three races into this six-race season. Naveen Rao and his English co-driver, Matt Bell, they lead on 88 points with a... a uh, a second place finish, a third place finish, and a fifth, like you were talking about a while ago. Two points behind him only is Dakota Dickerson, who uh, has a different co-driver for the first race of the year. In third position on 78 points, so 10 off the lead is uh, Joel Janko. Fourth position, just three points behind Joel Janko, is Dan Goldberg, who's uh, right now back in the 12th position having started that number 19 car, which is making its first race in this championship since the open round of the season. So that's why Goldberg started at the back, because it's based on team points, not driver points. And then on 73 points, so just two behind Dan Goldberg, are the Grant brothers, Keith and David. It's Keith who's driving at the moment, has set the fastest lap of the race in the third position. And then just a couple of points behind him are Cameron Castles and Maxwell Hanratty in his number 75 car, currently running in fifth position. And just one point behind them is Jerry Krause and Scott Andrews, the uh, very talented young Australian, uh, as Brian Till was talking about. Missed the first race of the season, but is perfect since then. Two wins in succession. Yeah, talk about momentum. That will certainly give you confidence as you come in here to VIR. And you think about it, it's like, okay, we're seventh in the championship, Jerry Kraut and Scott Andrews, but you, you know you've got a winning combination. You got a long way to go. I think it's 18 points. Is that what you said? Back to uh, from first place for for Jerry Kraut and Scott Andrews. But if you keep collecting maximum points, that's all that you can do. And you got to hope that some of the other competitors stumble a little bit along the way. So championship far from over. Like I said, just at the halfway point, three rounds to go. 
Naveen Rao yeah, up front. And, you know, Jeremy, if there's somebody who's been analyzing the track as they go across that that fluid that's down up there in turn three, Naveen Rao certainly has the bandwidth to uh, do the analyzing. Yeah, he's certainly the most intelligent guy I know. I think he was uh, the former head of uh, artificial intelligence at Intel. He's got a PhD in computational neuroscience. I don't even know what computation, computational <laughs> neuroscience is, quite frankly. So, yeah, he certainly does. He's a really bright guy. And the, the, the colors on this car, they've actually changed a little bit, but the colors on this number 64 car, uh, of, uh, right, right from the start, been, been based uh, on, on the, uh, the, the Starworks theme. It's a little bit different now, actually, but. Well, and, and rightly so. The good thing, I think, about where this fluid is, when I got a better look at it the last time through here, Lynch Wilsey got back on the racetrack and he did a really professional job of staying out of the line. He was way to the outside. You can see the oil dry down there. So he's out to the outside. That's good. That shouldn't create too much of a problem. Although cars do track up there from time to time problem is down in turn three when the car spins and then goes across the racetrack but when i saw it the last time see how the, the oil is over there to the left side i think it does get down around the apex just in front of the sweeper and then it comes straight across the racetrack to driver's right the apex area is going to be an issue but this area right there where it comes across the racetrack it doesn't do it gradually it comes yeah they're not on the apex of three so that's good so the drivers, I think, are going to have a pretty good run into the apex of turn three because I don't think they're going to be in that fluid for any period of time, in that oil drive for any period of time. It's almost a, a perpendicular line across the racetrack where we'll see exits, it looks like. Indeed, so it looks like this, the lights are out on the safety car there, so uh, perhaps getting ready to go green this time around. They've got plenty of time to get those track vehicles off the racetrack before the time uh, they come around again to complete this 3.27 mile laps uh, of uh, VIR. And we've got to 10 laps in the books now, and the clock is, uh, we've got 23 minutes uh, gone in this race. So we're halfway through this opening stint. We talked about earlier on when the teams make elect to make their pit stops during this race. Hopefully just the one pit stop. That would be uh, the, the regular schedule for this sort of a race. But when you make it, that's the question mark. Last time out at Road America, we saw the number nine car, Jerry Kraut, come into the pits right at the 45-minute, as soon as that 45-minute window opened. That left uh, a, a bit more than an hour, around about, just about an hour to go for Scott Andrews. Uh, and there was a lot of uh, conjecture, sorry, left a lot more than an hour to go uh, for uh, Scott Andrews, an hour and 15 minutes. And there was a lot of conjecture as to whether or not he could make that, uh, that, that, dis that distance. Turns out he was saving fuel from the moment he got into the car at Road America uh, on the uphill front straightaway. He was lifting off around about the start finish line as soon as he crested the hill and coasting all the way to town to wait to turn one to save fuel, doing that all the way around the racetrack. That's what enabled him just to reach the finish of that race and come away with a victory. Well, if you're going to save fuel, that is the goal. You've got to do it from the get-go. You can't wait until you're halfway through. It's too late at that point in time. Naveen Rao safety car out of the way restart coming how aggressive is Dominic Cicero going to be Keith Grant has been really pressuring how fast will he be on this restart up front Rao with a good run but Dominic Cicero hanging with him down turn one will anyone make a move 
Keith Grant sitting back there, Cicero to the inside just a little bit. I think, Jeremy, that was more of a message to Keith Grant. Don't think about it. He's going to take the inside away. But look at this. Grant powers down the inside, makes the outside move around Dominic Cicero. And Cicero kind of got trapped, I think, in some of that fluid. I think he's really trying to take his time and be careful. Once again, his teammate, the coach Dickerson, only two points out of the championship. He's to make sure he's got a part to hand over to him. Grant, powerful move. Yeah, it was indeed a perfect move there from uh, Keith Grant, and that's experienced in these cars. He's been driving this championship now for a year and a half. For Dominic Cicero, he's been out of racing pretty much for, for several years. He's another driver who makes his living as, a, as an instructor at a country club uh, in uh, the Thermal Club in Southern California, uh, but he's got the opportunity to drive this car with Dakota Dickinson. He's done, done a couple of races now, so he's pretty much up to speed at this stage, but I think it's his, his, his first time at VIR in quite a long time. Uh, but he's uh, at this stage, he knows his goal is to bring that car back to the pit stops in one piece for to go to Dickerson to do his thing in the second part of this race. Keith Grant and his brother David had a great finish at Road America using that momentum to try to move themselves forward in this championship. And right now, Keith trying to move forward on the racetrack. Just Naveen Rao in front of him. Norma Chassis one two. And then Dominic Cicero, the first of the Ligier chassis. Interesting, Jeremy. Last year, what we saw, the Ligier seemed to be a little bit better on the opening laps or on laps after a restart. The Norma seemed to take a little longer to get up to speed, but that's not what we just witnessed. Uh, and uh, the, the Ligiers, basically speaking, over the last couple of years, ha haven't really been competitive with the Ligier, with the Normas. The Normas are definitely much quicker on the straights. But for this weekend, the Ligiers allow a little bit of a dispensation. They can run a smaller rear wicker. What I mean by that is there's a tab that goes up from the trailing edge of the rear wing. Uh, it has to be a, a certain amount. It's 20 millimeters normally. The Ligiers are allowed to run 10. And that's a smaller wicker, gives them less drag, a little bit more straight line speed. But what it also does, of course, is mean the car doesn't have quite so much grip through the corners. There's less downforce on that car, so a little bit less grip through the corners. Yeah, and that's what I was just thinking about the climbing S's. I was going, uh, do I want those? The other thing is you're not going to get tires up to temperature that quickly on a start or a restart. If you've got less downforce in the car, the car might be sliding around a little bit more. It'll take you a while to get those temps and pressures where you want them to be. Oh, and a big crash for the 74. Not exactly sure where that is on the racetrack. Yeah, that's John Brownson who's done a lot of damage to that car, isn't he? That's a shame. He and White Schwab had a great run going at Road America a few weeks ago, but uh, that's come to a grisly end there for Mr. Excitement, John Brownson. You see him pull the steering wheel off. That's good. He took it off and then picked it back up. It looked like he was going to the radio button to talk to his crew. I'm sure the crew immediately checking in on their driver. That will bring out the full course caution again. Let's see if we've got a shot here in the background, top of the screen. You see the car off the racetrack already. Looks like that was perhaps there at turn six, which typically is not an area that you have a problem, but significant damage to both ends of that Norma chassis. Yeah, that's just the beginning of the climbing S's there, isn't it? That's a fast part of the racetrack. You're absolutely flat out up there. And, uh, you know, whether we got on the one of the curbs, the, 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 the track kind of weaves from 
from left to right, doesn't it? There's some just sort of kinks. They're not real corners, but you know, the the the, the car that these those corners are flat out in these cars. But if something goes wrong, it happens in a hurry. And uh, clearly, yeah. that car got away from John Brownson. Massively experienced, John, the most experienced driver in the field, uh, as uh, in this championship now. It's now called the Prototype Challenge. Previously, it was the IMSA uh, IMSA Lights Championship. A total of 131 starts prior to this weekend for John Brownson from Breckenridge, Colorado. There he is. He's out of the car. And uh, you can see disappointment written all over the face of John Brownson. Good news. Yeah, he seems to be just fine. Good to see him out of the car. And AMR safety staff and the rapid response vehicle, that Porsche Cayenne S. They will take good care of John Brownson. Check him out. Meanwhile, the car significantly damaged. And I'll go back to Jeremy. That's just a strange place to have an off, especially for a driver as experienced as John Brownson is. That's the entry to the climbing S's. It's flat out all the way up to turn nine in one of these prototype challenge cars. Turn nine is actually flat. You just go to the brakes and slow down a little bit for turn 10, the left-hand kink that takes you up towards... 11 and 12, which is also known as Oak Tree. So I wonder if something broke on the car or perhaps he was battling with another competitor there um, at turn seven, because once again, just a strange place to go off. And unfortunately, a very high speed area of the racetrack. And so if you do have an issue there, it will be significant and you can see the results. Well, you know, I mean, he was, it was, it was just after the restart. So he was certainly battling with several other contenders on there. Uh, it could be that he kind of got forced offline. Uh, I think uh, Dan Goldberg went past him. Uh, he, Dan Goldberg was behind John Brown since they completed the previous lap. So whether he was trying to make a way past or whether John just kind of got on the curbs, it, it is easily flat out, but it was just after a restart. So the tires are still pretty, not really got the, the, uh, the, the up to their proper optimal working temperatures at that stage in the, on on the lap so uh, i think maybe you know somehow the car got away from john and that was a very heavy impact bmw x5m safety car back in front of the field again to be ralph still up front but keith grant with that really powerful move around dominic cicero as they headed to turn three that's catapulted him to second then cicero sits in third round four of IMSA prototype challenge competition from VIR We're closing in on a time where pit stops could begin to happen here in 15 minutes or so be interesting to see who comes to pit lane first who can do that fuel savings like we talked about Jeremy get their faster driver in to the finish got 32 minutes into this race so we're still uh, about uh, almost well almost 10 minutes away from the pit stop window opening i think probably by the time we go back to green here the, the window will, will be open and we'll see whether anybody takes the opportunity to come in and make a pit stop right away i think they probably will Brian Till, Jeremy Shaw with you from VIR, IMSA Prototype Challenge Competition. John Brownson with a big crash up at the entry to the climbing S's. And Jeremy, as you said, it's just that starting that second lap after the restart. The other thing that I think, you know, could play a factor, we've seen it in those areas. When you're tucked up behind another car, 
as you would be, you know, congested after a restart, two things happen. One of which is it's difficult to see the line, you know, and just making sure that you're accurate with the car placement. If you're the second, third car in line, sometimes it's hard to see. And through those climbing S's, which are flat out, as we were talking about, you need to be exactly in the right spot or you could have a problem. Of course, the other issue is these cars are very aerodynamic dependent. And I wonder, too, if you get tucked up in close quarters and you're asking you know, a lot of the aerodynamics out of the car and you don't have clean air on you, if that could upset the vehicle as well. Well, yeah, I think definitely. Uh, and uh, you know, all those factors uh, do come into, into bear, particularly you know, in the early stages of the race there. Looks like John got into the tire barrier there, so there's going to be quite a bit of repair down there. I've had a lot of that this weekend. There was another incident yesterday in a practice session for one of the other series, and there was quite a lot of repairs needed. That was out turn one. So the track workers have been kept really, really busy this weekend at VIR. Love this racetrack and Connie Nyholm and who had the vision to turn it into what it is. And Kerrigan Smith, who runs the facility, always makes sure it is in such beautiful condition. They cannot control Mother Nature. And, you know, we've had so much rain if you get off this racetrack, this grass is beautiful, but it is also very slick. I always tell students in schools when I teach, it's called the gray and the green rule. It works a lot better on the gray than it does on the green, especially when the green is wet. And you could see when they were pulling Lance Wilsey um, behind the barriers earlier, how wet it is off the racing surface. And a lot of these areas, because of the hills and the topography, you can see as they come down through the area known as roller coaster, everything is downhill off the racetrack. So you got to make sure you keep it on the green. If you get to the grass today, you're probably going to get to something even harder, you know, just a little bit farther uh, away. And, and that's exactly what happened to John Brownson. The thing kind of scary to me is it looked like a lot of the impact, perhaps as the car spun down the uh, tire wall there, that the driver's side door was actually missing off of John Brownson's. Norma chassis. Yeah, I think that uh, that impact with the tire barrier just to tip the car into a, a really violent spin, uh, and that centrifugal fo force, I think, just uh, the, the door just came flying off there. It was a pretty scary impact. You can see there that these uh, torn away a part of the tire barrier that pr is pr protects the Armco, uh, but uh, that was a heavy impact for John, and you know that uh, that would be uh, that wouldn't have been a lot of fun. That's a really ticket right that John Brownson took at the wheel of that number. 74 car yeah yeah one that you don't want but you know back to kerrigan smith and and the crew that works with him at this racetrack i won't say for him because they work with him i think they're such a good team you see how it's almost individual components and tire packs there that were easily lifted out and there are others that sit ready to go um, and they'll bring in the trailer drop the other one in with the front loader push it into place and we'll be ready to go all over again. So much better than the way they used to be. Look at that. They've got what they need. They're always at the ready um, to get things sorted and get the track back into operation as soon as they possibly can. They're so good at this racetrack at doing that, so professional. And I know Kerrigan and everybody that works on that team is very, very proud of the work that they do right now working to get the track ready to go back to green with 
Just over an hour and seven minutes to go from round four here at Virginia International Raceway, the track that Paul Newman called heaven on earth. Naveen Rao leads over Keith Grant. Rao has been in that position since the drop of the green. He had a good start starting today off of championship team points because of the lack of qualifying. And Jeremy, I know that that's put drivers that really felt like they had a shot to qualify well at the back of the order here uh, at the start. Yeah, it did. It really did jumble up the order somewhat, and uh, it's going to be kind of a moot point though now because I think uh, probably not at the end of this lap, but at the end of the next lap, uh, the, it'll be uh, the 40, 40 minutes will have elapsed in this race, and then the teams can make their pit stops, and the, the opening drivers will have served their 40-minute minimum. Although the, the, the lights are off there on the safety car. We're going to go back green this time. Maybe we are. In which case, that's going to be a lap but too soon for these guys to make their pit stops. Yeah, and, you know, the other thing is this is a racetrack we were talking about flat out through the S's, the long straightaways. You burn fuel here because your foot's down on the throttle stop for a pretty good percentage of the lap. So you want to make sure that you don't pit too soon and you've got enough fuel to make it to the end. Ralph. Gets to the restart zone there at the corner they call Hogpen. Leads onto the front straightaway and leads the field. I'll tell you what, though, Keith Grant got a great jump, and we saw how aggressive he was on the last restart. Will he have anything for the beam round when they get down to turn one? Grant looks to the inside. Oh! Jeremy, he just sent it. He threw it in there. I think Naveen Rao with the big flint said, I don't want any part of that. Go right ahead. Yeah, that was a great move there uh, by uh, Keith Grant. He uh, he didn't telegraph that one, did he? He ducked out late, ducked to the inside. There was a nice clean incisive pass. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It wasn't a, uh, a half-hearted move at all. It was totally committed there. Thankfully, Naveen saw him coming at the last minute, was able to drink left, give him, give him room, not make any contact, because that, of course, is the primary goal there. Uh, and uh, through goes, we now have a new race leader for the first time on lap 17. It is Keith Grant who leads 447 Motorsports ahead of the K2R Motorsports entry of Naveen Rao. And we've now got 39 minutes and 40 seconds into this race. So by the time they get back to start finish, the, uh, the, the, the uh, drivers will be able to make a pit stop if they so desire. And I'm sure we'll see quite a few cars onto pit lane at the earliest opportunity, as long as they feel confident of being able to get to the end of the race on that tank of fuel. And that's a, it's going to be a stretch. My, my jaw is still on the floor after looking at that move. I don't think Keith Grant could have gone another two feet deeper in the break zone and kept it on the island. I really don't. I mean, it was everything that he could do to get it slowed down and get it turned at the edge of the racetrack. I mean, a bold move, obviously a very bold move, but he pulled it off. And, you know, once again, kudos to Naveen Rao. He could have gone ahead and started to turn down, but he, he was aware that Keith Grant was back there. He was aware that he he is a very aggressive driver, and he was aware that that pass may be coming, and it did. And Naveen Rao made sure that there wasn't contact as well. So really, really impressive stuff for Keith Grant. David's going to have a very, very good Norma chassis to climb into because Grant not only was impressive with that move, he has taken off. Yeah, that was a great uh, restart lap there for Keith Grant 
already uh, better part of two seconds, the lead over Naveen Rao, Dom Dominic Cicero hanging right there in third place, and uh, and John Branham too in fourth is right there in the car number six. Stephen Thomas has worked his way ahead now of uh, Cameron Castles, who I think also has fallen behind Jerry Krauts, the number 75 car behind number 11, who's up into fifth place, and the number nine. Dominic Cicero trying to hang right there in the top three. Naveen Rao just in front. Rao maybe still trying to catch his breath after that pass by Keith Grant in, in turn one. But expect to see pit stops starting here very soon. If not this lap, I would think the next lap after for sure. And then it will be a battle to the checkered flag championships on the line as we said this starts the second half of the season and for naveen rao and matt bell they hold that championship lead but only by two points they want to reverse that trend of finishes that have been going down instead of up they had a second a third and a fifth they want to get back onto the podium here at vir and what they really need to do is finish in front of the 54 with dakota dickerson who sits second in that championship Right now, exactly right, and less than a second separates those two uh, on the previous lap. There was a one pit caller uh, uh, as soon as the window opens. That was car number 60. Bruce Hamilton brought the Wolver Racing Ligier into the pits. He is going to hand that car over to Tony's Kazimitz, who is now going to try and stretch his fuel load to the end of the race. He's uh, just now uh, exiting the pits, so he'll fall a lap off the, pay off the ultimate pace for now. But when everybody else makes their pit stops, it'll be everybody on an equal footing. But for Tony Skazimitz, massively experienced, originally from Estonia in Eastern Europe, has been based in the Mundelein, Illinois, for many, many years now. A lot of, uh, a lot of racing, a lot of success in a whole bunch of different cars. Hottest team out there in Prototype Challenge over the last couple of races has been the number nine, Jerry Kraut, Scott Andrews. Winning the last two races, they missed Daytona, but then they have been on a tear since then. And right now, the other thing this yellow has done and being so close to the pit stop window, it's allowed Jerry Kraut to get closer to the leaders. He's running in sixth right now, but when I say closer, I mean literally the distance between him and where the leaders are because that is going to close down that distance when they make the stops that Scott Andrews will need to make up. That is good news for them as they're trying to claw forward in this championship. Speaking of moving forward in the championship, Joe Robillard there, second car in the shot, just behind the 47, the number 10. He'll hand that over to Stephen McAleer. McAleer, the winner here last year in Prototype Challenge with a solo drive. And it's really kind of done the same thing for that team. It's really compressed everybody up front. And it's going to give those co-drivers getting in a better shot at getting to the front. Yes, it is. And uh, he's actually made up a couple of positions on that last lap as uh, Joe Roblad, or uh, since the restart. Uh, does a, one of the pit callers there is the uh, number nine. So Jerry Kraut uh, has brought in the number nine car out of the sixth position to hand over to Scott Andrews. There is that JDC Motorsports enormous chassis on the pit lane, making that driver change. But out front, Keith Grant, he's put the hammer down for the last two laps in a row, each of them a new fastest lap of the race. 143.631 for Keith Grant. Brilliant drive by him. All of a sudden, his lead over second places has ballooned to almost seven seconds. 
Pit stops now underway. The complexion of this race will change, but the intensity will not. Simpson prototype challenge from VIR. Keith Grant out in front after that bold move around Naveen Rao right there, the first car in your shot. You saw the orange and black 40 of Grant sailing into the distance. That's left the battle for second here between Naveen Rao and the 64 and Dominic Cicero, the 54, just behind him, the Ligier chassis following the Norma. You can tell by what I call the nostrils on the nose of the Ligiers. You can kind of get a long shot of them and know which chassis that you're looking at. But Cicero hanging right there with Naveen Rao, as is Joe Robillard hanging with Joel Janko in the shot right there. Janko in that silver and orange, number 47, and the number 10, almost that, call it camouflage color, on the 10 of Joe Robillard. I would expect to see those two cars on pit lane here very soon. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think if you make your pit stop this soon, you're certainly going to, unless there's another full course caution, you're going to be saving fuel uh, all the way through your stint. That's why some of these guys are staying out right now, hoping or, or planning that we've got all the full course cautions out of the way. It'll be green all the way to the end, in which case they want their pro driver to be able to push flat out for the final stages of this race. But some good battles here. But in the meantime, Keith Grant, a new fastest lap last time around, a 1 minute 43.26. Uh, that's uh, within a half a second of the lap record that was set last year by Scott Andrews, the 142.7. So Keith Grant making hay while the sun shines here at VIR. His lead over second place now over nine seconds. 47 Motorsports has handed Keith and David Grant a very well-behaved Norma chassis here at VIR. Dominic Cicero a little loose off of Oak Tree. And if you haven't been a fan of sports car racing and haven't seen races from Virginia International Raceway before, you might think, why is that corner called Oak Tree? Well, up until about three years ago, there was a centuries-old oak tree at the apex of that corner that had been left there, and it, it was really one of the defining features of this racetrack. It was unfortunately lost. Oh, and the 40 now off. And he's done all the good, all, all the hard work. Oh. And what a costume mistake that was for Keith Grant. He was just—he was a final corner too. Uh, that was uh, at, at Hogpen at the bottom of the hill there, just trying to carry a little bit too much speed. He, he'd set fastest lap, fastest lap, fastest lap each of the last three laps. But he's thrown that all away. Let's have a look at the replay. Just drops a wheel. Gets a little wide coming to the through the next to the last corner, drops the left sides off, and at that point in time, you're done. You cannot easily get the car back on the racetrack. The biggest problem for him is he didn't just go off and stay parallel with the racetrack and ease back on. It cost even more time with the spin out in the grass, and that goes from just a massive feeling of confidence and elation to desperation and Imagine David standing there, I'm sure, with his helmet on, waiting to take over that car. And then, yeah, and then, Naveen Rao back to the lead because of the problems for Grant. Grant being shown in fifth, but we'll have to see once he comes past the line the next time if he actually has stayed in the top five. The other thing that will be interesting is to see if Naveen Rao and Dominic Cicero 
head to pit lane. Right now, looks like the 50, the 10, and the 19, or the 12, or the 9, yes, have come to the pit lane, but the leaders have not, and I'm a bit surprised by that. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, like I say, yeah, they they, uh, they wanted the second driver to be able to go flat out to the end. They're not planning on any other full-course cautions. They just want to be able to drive flat out. So now Dominic Cicero has brought that uh, second-place car onto the pit lane. He's had enough. He, he was clearly got the pace there on Naveen Rao, staying right with him after that most recent restart. Now he's going to bring that car into the pits with uh, 55 minutes remaining in this race. That should be no problem for Dakota Dickerson to hop aboard this MLT Motorsports Ligier and drive it flat out to the checkered flag. And he's in a very, very good position to be able to do just that. Job done for Dominic Cicero as he climbs out. And you can tell the difference in height. So there's an insert in the seat. Dakota Dickerson is not a small man by any stretch of the imagination. So he slides down in there and he will head out on track. And it is getting dicey out on the racetrack right now little argy bargy as our friend calvin fish would say that was in the turn three four area not sure if that was push and shove or somebody was just coming out of the pits and getting up to speed didn't catch the car numbers right off the top but that was interesting to say the least it was there is uh, Dan Goldberg, who uh, uh, oh, sorry, that's Rasmus Lind. Okay, so Rasmus Lind now is at the wheel of the, of the uh, number nine car. He's he's already made his pit stop. Scott Andrews in the nine. Rasmus Lind, the 19. When we talk about pro-am drivers, we've had some great battles between the am drivers as Dakota Dickerson now heads out onto the racetrack. So don't think that the battles or the level of competition changes just because the driver ranking is changing. The am drivers, some good battles out there as well. 91 seconds minimum time on the pit stop from those red boards that you just saw the car pass to pit out cannot be any quicker than 91 seconds. So you've got time to make sure that your belts are done up and all of that. Make sure that the driver is in, ready to go. New fastest lap of the race has just been set by, yes, that man again, Scott Andrews. He's a long way behind Tony's Kazimitz, but he, ha he has uh, an extra two laps worth of fuel on board that number nine car compared to the number 60, which came in with Tony's Kazimitz taking over from Bruce Hamilton at the earliest opportunity after the 40, 40 minutes had elapsed in this race. So uh, t Scott Andrews now, uh, four, 1 minute 42.719. That is one eight one thousandth of a second away from his own lap record set here last year. And that was his first flying lap, his second flying lap in this car. Complexion of this race now changing as pit stops are underway. It'll be interesting to see the 64 pits this lap. Remember, the championship leaders as we came to VIR. Naveen Rao back in front here at Virginia International Raceway and IMSA Prototype Challenge competition. Will he? Yes, he does. Heads to pit lane. Pit stops now for your points leader and your race leader. Matt Bell will climb aboard that 64 
Norma Chassis from K2R Motorsports and see what he can do. And as these pit stops cycle through, it's going to take a while to get the order sorted out. And I'll tell you, one of the drivers that I've been most impressed with is John Brannon, who has no experience in these prototype challenge machines running in the top five most of the race. And right now, he is under attack in turn five. I'm not sure what happened to the number 19 car. He doesn't seem to have appeared. Uh, we, we saw a glimpse of him, didn't we, a lap or two ago. That's Rasmus Lind who's taken over from Dan Goldberg in that number 19 car. No sign of him there at the moment. Meanwhile, the number 40 car has remained out. We saw the, uh, the, uh, the number 64 car head to the pit lane, but number 40, Keith Grant, who made that mistake earlier on, has now regained the lead of this race. Uh, he's overtaken John Branham in car number six on that last lap. But uh, both of those two yet to make their pit stops. And they are the, uh, those two, uh, uh, and a number 11, uh, have yet to make their pit stops. Number 40, number six, and a number 11. The complexion of this race, I said it a moment ago, is about to change. And you can tell that it is. Keith Grant, yes, he's in the lead, but you saw the number 10 of Robillard Racing. Stephen McAleer now behind the wheel of that machine as he was slicing past John Brennan there in turn one. Kyle Kirkwood behind the wheel of the 47. Two very, very talented young drivers and they're gonna put these cars through their paces. As I said, we're gonna have to let things cycle through before we really get an idea of where it's gonna come out, who's gonna be in the lead. Keith Grant being shown there right now, he has stayed on track, maybe because he doesn't wanna come in and face the crew after the problem that he had while leading. Well, there is Scott Andrews looking to make a pass there on uh, Matt, on, uh, well, it's Matt Bell at the wheel of that uh, number 64 car now. But uh, on the last lap, a new lap record for Scott Andrews in car number nine, that JDC Miller, Miller Motorsports car number nine. But uh, he's, uh, you're going to have a hard time now to pass Matt Bell because Matt Bell, like Scott Andrews, has a massive amount of experience in these cars. So Matt Bell is... He's only had one lap to get this car up to speed. He's got some work to do to build those, the heat into those Michelin tyres, but he seems to have done that now, and he'll be looking to hold on to that position. Meanwhile, Tony's Kazmitz in at number 60. He's way up the road. He's a half a minute up the road from these two, having made his pit stop, taken over from Bruce Hamilton in the Wolver Racing Ligier uh, a couple of laps The hired guns are now in, and things are going to get even warmer just as the day will here, just outside of Danville, Virginia, Virginia International Raceway. This racetrack known as old school, and you can see why it has just about everything you could want. Built in 1957, and then in the early 70s, it closed down until the early 2000s, and a lot of the racetrack was covered with dirt and it was turned into a farm, it had cows grazing on it, it just was unrecognizable and was resurrected in the early 2000s by Connie Nyholm and her crew and it is now just an absolutely stunning facility and we see great racing every time we come here and you're seeing it right now as Andrews in that number nine is really putting the pressure on the 64. 
Meanwhile, uh, meantime, Stephen Thomas, he's still to make his first pit stop. Uh, John Branham has just brought number six car into the pits in second place. So Stephen Thomas for K2R Motorsports in car number 11. He's a, uh, a plaintiff's attorney from Southern California. This is his very first season of racing. So he's got three professional races under his belt, all in the IMSA Prototype Challenge Championship. I tell you what, he's learned an awful lot. He's got a great driver coach in Ross Bentley, who's one of the best coaches in the business. They've been working together now for, for a couple of years since uh, Steve, Stephen Thomas first went to his first track day at the uh, end of 2018. They worked together all last year, just doing coaching, doing some club racing. But Stephen Thomas leads this race in car number 11. I talked to Ross Bentley about Stephen Thomas and talked to Stephen as well back at Daytona. And Ross said, this guy right here has done everything that I've asked him to do. He said, I want to go racing. And Ross said, okay, well, if you want to go racing, this is what you have to do. These are the steps you're going to have to take. And Stephen said, okay. And Ross said he has been agreeable all along the way. And I think when you, a lot of times when you deal with people that have been in a position to run their own companies and control their own destiny, they have a way of doing things. They, a way that they like to do things because they know how to get things done. And they don't always listen particularly well. But Stephen Thomas certainly did. Look at this battle right here. McLear in the number 10 to the inside. Gets it done going into turn one. Yeah, super pass there for Stephen McLear. He finds a way uh, past uh, David Grant. So it's David Grant who's taken over from his brother. Uh, and you can see how, how costly that speed was because he's uh, lost a lot of ground to, uh, to the other contenders. The, the, the race leader now, Stephen Thomas, is in the pits in car number 11. So that will mean everybody uh, has made their pit stop, their mandatory pit stop in this one hour and 45 minute race. Stephen McAleer trying to move forward. He only had four laps in the rain here this weekend, none in the dry in the prototype challenge machine. And he had said earlier, I wouldn't mind having a caution after a couple of laps just so I can kind of get my head around it, but he's trying to charge for it. And meanwhile, this battle between the 64 and the nine, Scott Andrews there in the nine and Matt Bell in the 64, it's still showing Naveen Rao, but they've done their stop. So I think the driver ID just not working correctly in the 64. And Jeremy, I find it interesting. It's I said there's great racing going on when the AM drivers were in it but you don't see the frantic movements and that just next level of aggression in the amateur drivers that you see when the pro drivers get in. It just looks like the game has been moved forward 25% or so. It's just a little faster game and the, the movements out of the cars just a little more aggressive, a little more edgy. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment. There's a good battle here between two teammates. Yeah, the car number six is driven by Blake Mount, making his return uh, for the first race of the season. Right behind him is Maxwell Hanratty from uh, from California. Blake Mount is from Colorado. These two teammates then performance tech motorsports. Blake Mount taking over after that first hit by John Branner, making his debut in this championship. Maxwell Hanratty taking over from Cameron Castles. Blake Mount there defends the inside line into turn one. Good driving there from Blake. He's been out of the car since Daytona, but no driving whatsoever. But uh, here he is in that Motel, Motel 6 car doing a good job. Uh, uh, there was uh, 
he, he kind of didn't really fall out with uh, Dan Goldberg, but he had previously been driving with Dan Goldberg in that number six car, and Dan Goldberg now is, is in the number 19. They must have had a problem after their pit stop because that car, number 19, is a long way behind the leaders. Yeah, they would be hoping for a yellow flag in this battle between the two Ligier chassis. Fascinating. Really interesting to think that Mount has not driven a car since Daytona, and he's doing a good job of it, being defensive, and that may frustrate Hanratty a little bit, but he's not doing anything that is about the rules. He's not blocking, per se. He's just being defensive and telling his teammate, Max Hanratty, well, if you're going to find a way around, you're going to need to find a way around because I'm not giving it to you. And a little uh, bit of a bobble off the corner and around Hanratty goes. Yeah, so good move there by by Maxwell. He's uh, got uh, much more ex current experience than Blake Mount. Let's have a, a replay and see what happened here. I think uh, Blake Mount got a little bit sideways on the exit of the corner. Yeah, lost himself quite a moment. Had a bit of a tank slapper there. He got on the power. And Maxwell Hanradi says, thank you very much indeed, and sweeps on through. Yeah, that's painful. They always talk about you never want to make a mistake in the corner that leads on to the longest straightaway. And that's exactly what happened there to Blake Mount. Hanratty was there to pounce. Talk about the pounce. Good battle here. Kyle Kirkwood in the 47. Thomas in the 11th, just in front. Kirkwood so quick in everything that he has ever driven. Really an open wheel specialist. He showed that he could drive sports cars too. Look at this. <laughs> Stop. Stephen Thomas trying to hang with him, but a much more experienced Kyle Kirkwood just put the pressure on him and really showed him how to get it done. And look at the speed differential. Once Kirkwood is by, see ya. With a plus second lead here at BIR and IMSA Prototype Challenge competition. Then Matt Bell, Scott Andrews having a good go of it. bit from Bell. They had been a lot closer on the last lap or two, Jeremy. They had indeed, yes. Uh, and Matt Bell, he's, he's fully into his groove now uh, in that K2R machine. He's uh, edged away just fractionally from Scott Andrews. Uh, Scott Andrews has the fastest lap of the race, but that was almost matched last time around by Matt Bell in turn of 142.323. Scott Andrews set the fastest lap at 142.228, so just a tenth of a second quicker, and that is a half a second better than the lap record that Scott Andrews set last season. So this battle is certainly continuing for second place, but they're a long, long way still behind the race leader, Tony Skazimitz, for World Racing in car number 60. We were talking about, seconds. Sorry, Jeremy. We were talking about how fast Rasmus Lind was and how impressive he was on debut at Sebring and then a great second place finish at Road America. Well, that speed obviously continuing here at Virginia International Raceway, but not only on the racetrack. I think the answer to where is the 19? Well, they had a speeding penalty for 10K over pit lane, and so that's going to be an issue for the 19. Ah, that's what it was, okay. So Rasmus Indy's back out on the racetrack now and uh, just turned his car's fastest lap, but he's back in the 11th position. It's interesting, there's the 60. That, that was your race leader on pit lane. 
that's uh, that's curious. What is going that's a, on? That's a great chamber. Fresh tires and fuel going in that car. Uh, I don't know. You got me there. That was. I, mean, I wondered what, how their their lead was so big. Yes, they came in a few laps before everybody else, and we did talk about the fact that we're probably going to be struggling to get to the end for there on the on the amount of fuel that they have. But uh, that's a uh, another pit stop here to to put on fuel. It's going to cost them quite a lot of time. There's a minimum pit stop time. If you're going to refuel the car, you have to be uh, spend a minimum of 91 seconds on the pit lane. This battle continues, by the way, between number six and the... Uh, oh, it's, that's the number 19 car. Now, there's Rasmus Lind on the left-hand side of the screen trying to make a pass on Blake Mount. These are the two, two of the three performance set motorsports cars. And Blake Mount there doesn't probably give up that position, despite the fact that uh, number 19 car was, has been more than three seconds quicker than him the last couple of laps. Yeah, he was actually kind of squeezing... Rasmus Lind to the right side of the racetrack there. And, you know, we talked earlier about being defensive. That was, I won't call it unfriendly, but <laughs> he certainly didn't make it easy by any stretch of the imagination. He's got to hand it to, to Blake Mountain. Having not been in a car for the period of time, he certainly is being competitive and showing his competitive spirit. But Rasmus Lind says, you know what? Now I'm done with this. Gets it done down in turn one, and I would expect to see him set sail. Meanwhile, I'm really perplexed at the 60. I wonder if they did not, if they had a fueling problem on the first stop, because even this stop seemed to be taking a long time to get the fuel in the car. Obviously, if they had some type of a fueling problem that delayed them the first time, they may have said, just go ahead and go until we get the rig sorted out and then we'll come back in but very odd to see tires and fuel going on that car as Kasman's had a 30 plus second lead to maintaining that gap over these uh, two chargers who are now in first and second position. Matt Bell in car number 64, Scott Andrews right behind him in number nine. And Scott Andrews just set a new fastest lap of the race last time around, 142.137. And as I say, that Carl Kirkwood comes across the line in sixth position in car number 47 and goes quicker again. A new lap record, 142.010 for Carl Kirkwood. Matt Bell, by the way, the race leader, he set his car's best lap last time around as well. The pace is heating up. Indeed, as Andrews in that number nine really putting pressure on Matt Bell. This is what makes IMSA Prototype Challenge racing so interesting and so competitive. It will be a torrid pace to the finish. Brian Till, Jeremy Shaw with you. 37 minutes to go from VIR and IMSA Prototype Challenge, racing fourth round of the six-race championship. So we are starting the second half of the season. The pro drivers now in after the pit stop, and Matt Bell and Scott Andrews are putting on a show up front. Andrews dropping back just a little bit from Bell. Yeah, just just a, just a little bit, isn't he? Because uh, Matt Bell, he's uh, just turned. Well, the previous lap was his best lap of the race. This time around, both in the mid 42s, one minute 42.7 for for Matt Bell, 142.5 actually for Scott Andrews. Uh, but Carl uh, Kirkwood, he's a long way behind this pair. He's more than 35 seconds behind them, uh, and across the line he goes. 
as the no, not yet actually. Still, still not. They come past the start finish line as the two leaders are heading up the climbing S's. So the better, the better part of uh, certainly at least a third of a lap ahead. There is a new fastest lap, by the way, for Carl Gergwood, 141.750. Matt Bell trying to bring the first victory of the season for himself and teammate Naveen Rao. They lead the championship points. This is what they need because right now Dakota Dickerson in the 54 back in third position he's just two points behind in the championship Dickerson was hoping that the tables would be turned and the 54 would come out of here in front of the 64 and certainly we got 34 minutes or 35 minutes yet to go and I believe that's the 60 yes indeed it is again in the pit lane serving a penalty it's going to be a timed penalty so this is going to erase any hope that Wolver Racing yeah. had for a good finish. Uh, and that penalty was for two, spending too little time on pit lane. So we talked about the stop taking a long time. It was uh, 91 seconds. It has to be the minimum before between pit in and pit out when you refuel the car. That's what they were doing on that second stop. It was obviously a little bit too short. And the, uh, the penalty for that is a drive through, it's a, a stop and go there. So that's a very costly penalty. Really great show for Wolver Racing because uh, Bruce Hamilton did a nice clean opening stint, handed over the car to Tony Scazzers, had that huge lead, was maintaining it, setting some really fast lap times. But now uh, he's rejoined the race almost a lap down. These are the two leaders right behind Tony Scazzers now on the racetrack. So that'll be kind of fun for Tony to try and stay ahead of them but uh, not where he wants to be, he and Bruce Hamilton. Great to see such a mix of drivers, the Pro-Am style that IMSA Prototype Challenge presents is so awesome. You've got some young drivers who are trying to make their way in professional racing, and they utilize this to show the WeatherTech teams that they can drive prototype machinery at the pointy end of the stick, so to speak and other drivers who don't do this for a living, but love the idea that this is a real race car. It's got good brakes, good downforce, good horsepower, and not a lot of driver aids. No anti-lock braking system, no traction control, and so the drivers have to drive the car. They don't get a lot of help. Then you've got young pro drivers trying to make their mark, like we see right now, Matt Bell, out in front, Scott Andrews giving chase. These guys want to make a living driving race cars and want to continue their climb up the ladder, just like Dakota Dickerson, just behind Stephen McAleer. Those guys all want to keep moving forward. They are young professional drivers, but they want to keep moving forward. And this is a great place to showcase their skills. Well, it really is, and uh, it, you know, these cars, as you say, they are they are beasts. They've got plenty of horsepower from these uh, big V8 engines. They sound great. Uh, they are fast. I mean, they have a lot of downforce, and it's a great stepping stone to move into the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. That's the top level of sports car racing in North America. Uh, and then, of course, the stepping stone to Le Mans 24 hours as well. These cars race also in Europe. There's a European, couple of European championships for the LMP3 cars, and there's be a, a new generation of P3 cars that has been introduced into Europe for the 2020 season. They will come on stream in the US for 2021. It'll be exciting to see the, the evolution of not just the cars, but the championship, because I know a lot of teams kind of in 2020, especially with the pandemic that we've had to deal with, 
kind of looked at this and said, well, do I want to step into Prototype Challenge in 2020? I, I was thinking about doing that, but with a new car coming in 2021 and not really sure where we're going to be or how we're going to be racing in 2020, maybe we'll be on the sidelines. But I know there are a lot of people that are so interested in this championship, and I would expect just bigger things to come as you look down the road, especially into 2021. Speaking of bigger things to come, Matt Bell still out in front looking for their first victory of the season. Brian Till and Jeremy Shaw with you as we're getting to close down on the half hour to go mark from BIR and IMSA Prototype Challenge. Scott Andrews not letting Matt Bell get away. Bell in that white, black, and gray. Number 64 still leads Scott Andrews just behind in the number nine. And it's really interesting. It, they're both Norma chassis, Jeremy, but it seems like Bell has an advantage in some parts of the track. Andrews a little quicker in others. But they're both going to have to deal with lap traffic. Well, yeah, that's Tony's Kazmus who's right ahead of them on the racetrack. So uh, Tony, he's, he's got a pretty fast car. He's not going to want to go a lap down. Both of those, all those three cars, they're closing on that uh, the red and blue car. That's the Motel 600. That is Blake Mount who is running now in the 10th position. So that would be a, a pass that Tony's Kazimus is trying to make for position. But for the number 64 and number nine, they're going to try and work their way past both of those two if they can. There goes Kazimus uh, quite easily past Blake Mountain, does a good job of giving them some room. And that's going to give them a little bit of breathing space ahead of the I leaders. Think Bell got hung up just a little bit coming out of Oak Tree by Blake Mount just in front. And it'll be interesting to see if Andrews can do anything with it. Mount has not been easy to get around. And, oh, and Bell's... Oh, Andrews is not going to like that at all. That is going to be frustrating, so frustrating for Scott Andrews. The leader, Matt Bell, got by the number six, but then he just pulled right back in line chopped Andrews off. Yeah. Defending there, that's uh, completely uncalled for by Blake Mountain. I just think during his general lack of experience all the way around, he should be letting the leaders go when they're uh, coming up to lap him, not uh, not getting in their way and making life difficult for him. That's just something that Blake Mountain has to learn, I'm afraid. Yeah, I didn't really think that that was the move that you wanted to see. And here's the thing, what goes around comes around. You know, and I, and I don't mean that from a threat standpoint. Drivers remember who has done nice things for them in the past and who has not. And if you need that favor return, if you're having a good day and somebody else is having a bad day and you've treated that person with respect before, when you come up, they're going to go, you know what? They've treated me with respect. They've been, they've been, you know, a, a guy that's been up and up, a, a, a driver who's showed that level of respect and sportsmanship, you're going to let them go. If you feel like you've been done wrong before, you may not see them in your mirror for a corner or two, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> comment. Fair comment indeed. At, uh, Matt Bell now, he's going to try and uh, up his pace again. It cost him about uh, nearly a second getting past Blake Mount on that previous lap. 
So he's going to try and uh, pull it clear. Now he's going to come up onto the tail of Tony Skazowitz. Now, Tony Skazowitz, of course, he's got a massive amount of experience. He's not going to want to, get, want to go a lap down, but I don't think he's going to do anything uh, quite as blatant as did Blake Bantries. At least Tony's is on the pace virtually of the leaders, although uh, he's, he, number 64 card, Matt Bell, has closed up on Tony Skazowitz pretty quickly on this lap. These are the lap times they come past the uh, past the stripe there. Tony's canvas at 143.2, uh, and uh, th that's about the same sort of pace that the leaders had been doing. So uh, he's, uh, but he has uh, Tony's canvas let the leader go through there. Good heads up driving from Tony's canvas. He won't want to get in the way of the battle for the lead, as you say, Brian. You know he he has the respect. I think of these other drivers so he's going to try and keep pace with them and i don't think he's going to interfere too much and you you saw it there as bell got by him he's running a pace that's good enough but he knew it was the leader he didn't fight very much he's now got the nine behind him and he's sitting there thinking if you'll get a little closer i'll try to give you an opportunity but right now i can't give you anything i can't give you anything in the climbing s's i'll give it to you as soon as i possibly can and right now that's just not going to happen. So Andrews needs to get up there, let Kazimitz know he wants through. And I'm sure that they're on the radio with Tony saying, hey, these are the leaders that are coming through. He's been around the game long enough. Let's see. Andrews closing in as they get down the straightaway. He'll pick up the draft a little bit. I don't think he's close enough to do anything. And Kazimitz isn't obligated to come off the throttle and lose 20 miles an hour to let him go by. Right, uh, so uh, yeah, he'll uh, he'll uh, try and if he can hang on, if Tony's Kazmus can hang on to the tail of Matt Bell and uh, not, oops, there's a big spin. That's uh, that's David Grant. He's just been overtaken for fifth position by Carl Kirkwood. A good little battle between those two teammates from 47 Motorsports, but the youngster Carl Kirkwood, who has set the the fastest lap of this race, has made the pass already. So Kirkwood up into fifth place. He's now got about four seconds. Uh, is to catch up the next car on the road. That's the fourth place machine of Stephen McAleer. So let's see what happens. Yeah, he just carried a little bit too much speed into uh, Oak Tree Turn, did number 40 of David Grant. So around that car goes. Such a challenging corner. You're coming into it at such high speed on the brakes for turn 11. And then the road kind of, you get to the crest of a hill and it drops off to driver's left. So there's a little bit of a camber change there. And if you come over the through the apex of 11 with a little too much speed and you've got the nose pinned on the brakes trying to get the car to turn in for turn 12 and you cross that camber change, well, you've got the nose pinned and the rear is light and you've got the road falling away from you and you see the result. Didn't actually cost him a, uh, a position uh, for David Grant. He was able to rejoin ahead of number 11 car of Stephen Thomas who's doing a good job again for the K2R Motorsports team. That's the teammate to our race leader uh, as uh, he puts a lap here on Paul LaHaye in the one motorsports entry. That's kind of 86. He's running in the 12th position. Wood showing why he's opened so many people's eyes. He's fast in whatever he has driven. We talked about it earlier, primarily an open wheel guy. But when he stepped into the prototype challenge machine at Daytona, he showed everybody just how skilled he is, as is this young man who unfortunately hasn't been able to run at the front, Rasmus Lynn, because of that speeding penalty that they got on pit lane. But if you look at the lap times that he puts in and you look at his racecraft over the two events that he has run, 
in this series. He's a young man with a big future as well. Yes, he's, he's finally got to find a way past Maxwell Hanrod. He was stuck uh, a couple of laps behind the number 75 car. Has now made that move, and through he goes. And now we're watching the third-place car of Dakota Dickerson trying to make a move on Blake Mount, the lapped car in uh, in that number six. Number 54 car is uh, Dakota Dickerson. He's about he's fallen back from the lead now 17 seconds. He's losing out to at, at least a second a lap to our race leaders. By the way, Scott Andrews set a new personal best lap last time around, 141.9 to close the gap to the leader, Matt Bell. And here is uh, Dakota Dickerson now, who's about 11 seconds ahead of Stephen McAleer in car number 10. Dickerson, while I shouldn't say he would be happy with third place points. He'll take them if that's the best that he can do. But what he'd really like to do is get past the six and then maybe have a little lady luck shine on him with uh, full course yellow and get him back to the front. So he would have the opportunity to have a go at Andrews and Bell. Closing in on Blake Mount down the back straightaway and Looks to the inside, gets the job done at the end of the back straightaway, and he'll go forward now. It's so difficult to pass on this racetrack, and especially when the lap cars have reasonable pace. It's really kind of hard to get by. It's what we saw with Tony's Kazmitz running there. They have cleared him now, both Bell and Andrews, but... You know, they're not, once again, they're not obligated, especially when the leader comes up. Because you're thinking, if I can stay in front of them and we get a full course caution, well, I get to cycle back around to the end of, of the lap, and now I'll have a, a shot if we get another full course caution. So the leader is one thing, but when it's the second and third and fourth place cars that are coming through, by then you're not getting your lap back, and you really need to think about how you want to treat those drivers. Completely correct. And with uh, 22 minutes remaining in this race, there's a look at Carl Kirkwood, who's up into fifth position now in that car number 47, taking over from Joel Janko, filling in for Jonathan George, who's spotting for the Indy 500 for the uh, the Carlin car of uh, Max Chilton today. Uh, so he's unable to take the, the seat of this number 47 car like he normally would at Carl Kirkwood. What a star he is. He's from uh, Jupiter, Florida. Uh, and he has won five open wheel championships the last uh, three years. Remarkable record. Should have been driving this season in the Indy Lights, presented by Cooper Tire Series, but unfortunately that series fell victim to the COVID-19 pandemic. So Carl Kirkwood has had very little driving this year. He did test, however, a Formula E car for the BMW Andretti team, and it went very well in that test. So maybe there'll be an opportunity there for him down the road, but he's got his eyes set primarily on a career in the uh, NTT IndyCar Series and the Indianapolis 500. But at the moment, he's got this opportunity of sports cars, and he is shining once again today. Leaders pass Max Hanready, and there's an ebb and flow that traffic kind of brings, but Scott Andrews, about three or four car lengths, is, seems the best that he can do on Matt Bell, that's about as close as he's been. So it'll be interesting to see if Matt Bell and Naveen Rao can stay on top of the championship points with a victory here at VIR. 
Well, no, it's, it's been a, uh, I mean, the pace is really hot at the front of the field. Matt Bell last time ran a 1 minute 42.16. He set his fastest lap of the race last time around at 142.06, so just a tenth of a second away from that. So the pace at the front is really, really hot. Dakota Dickinson now full 23 seconds back in the third position. And then the gap back to seven seconds, back to Stephen McAleer in car number 10, who is closing. And uh, ditto closing on McAleer is Kyle Kirkwood. So Norma Chassis up front here in round four of the IMSA Prototype Challenge Championship from Virginia International Raceway. And then Dakota Dickerson in the third position in his Ligier. The championship implications with all of this as well. And look at Stephen McAleer. Here's a guy driving two different cars this weekend, the Lamborghini and the prototype challenge machine. And he said it would take a while for him to get used to the car. It looks like he's gotten used to it now. These prototype challenge machines, about 164 miles an hour as they get to the end of the straightaway here. The Lamborghinis are at 170. So they have better top speed, better cornering speed. So for a driver like Stephen McAleer, this area in the prototype challenge car is easy. In the Lamborghini, you're holding on. At the end of the straightaway, you're going faster in the Lamborghini, but then you get through the corners faster in the prototype challenge car. So he's got to be able to get in and out of those cars, remember which brake markers, remember which what cornering speeds that he's going to be able to have through there, and then apply them properly as he heads down into turn one. And the 47 behind McLear, that's Kyle Kirkwood. He's charging along and he just got past Blake Mount. He's made quick work, quick work of uh, Blake Mount. Uh, and he's now going to set his sights on McAleer. He's got the gap down to 2.4 seconds as they cross the line. He was half a second faster on that last lap than Stephen McAleer was this number 47 car of Kyle Kirkwood. Bell working his way around traffic. And this is really kind of what has played into his favor. It looks like it's going to play again because he gets to the end of the back straight away. He is clear, but that, but Scott Andrews, I should say, is going to catch that traffic perhaps down through the roller coaster. That's the 19 of Lynn. Lynn not really on the pace that they were hoping for or expecting. And in fact, Scott Andrews really gained on him down through roller coaster so obviously Lynn doesn't have a lot of time in these cars or at this racetrack and that may very well be the difference good job there of letting Scott Andrews through and maybe Andrews took uh, advantage of a little bit of a draft down the back straightaway and the front straightaway there maybe you know when you're following you do anything you can to find an advantage if you can get a little draft off of a lap car that you're closing down on it's not holding you up through the next corner or two take advantage of so that's very true indeed and uh, that's what he'll be trying to do here back to the battle at the front there Matt Bell he's edged out a little bit over the last few laps so Scott Andrews seems to certainly had the the worst part of the traffic there I think and cost him about a second and a half uh, and there's now 17 minutes remaining in this race ticket on the top of the screen so uh, this is still flat out racing by these two normal drivers out front for K2R Motorsports it's Matt Bell from the uh, from the UK uh, in uh, in from Newcastle on Tyne in the UK and in second place originally from Australia uh, is Scott Andrews in car number nine. 
interesting. I'm kind of sitting here thinking about championship implications here. Obviously for Naveen Rao and Matt Bell, if they can hold on and claim the victory, that's going to help them extend their points lead over Dakota Dickerson, who sits third on the racetrack now. And for the nine of Jerry Kraut and Scott Andrews, it should help them move forward because they would be in front of Dickerson, so they'll close down on him a little bit, lose a little bit to Bell and Rao. But, you know, really thinking about how this is going to play out over the next two races to the championship, kind of interesting. I won't say it's still anybody's at this point in time because that's certainly not true, but it only takes a bad weekend with the car count that you have. Um, you get 15, 16 entries. If you've got a bad day and you finish out of the top 10, your competitors can make some ground. Yeah, they can. And, you know, it was, it was uh, just, you know, wondering whether Scott Andrews can catch, catch Matt Bell. The problem for Scott Andrews, I think, once again, as at Road America, is that he made his stop, his pit stop quite a long way before he made his stop for to be four laps before the number 64 car. So he's got four laps less fuel on board at this stage than Matt Bell. Uh, we saw he was a master of saving fuel and still going pretty quickly at Road America. But he had such a big lead, he was able to manage his pace really well during that race. This time, though, he's chasing, not being chased. So that's a very different kettle of fish when you try and get pace out of the car. Closing in on the 15-minute mark to go from Virginia International Raceway. Matt Bell still out in front. Bell down through the roller coaster, and he has not put a wheel wrong. Naveen Rao had a great opening stint aboard the 64, and I think about his development as a driver over the last year, and it has been impressive, an impressive with his teammate of Matt Bell. This car looks solid. And one of the things, Jeremy, that it seems like is that they've been able to place the 64 pretty much anywhere they wanted to on the racetrack. And talk about a car that's working and a driver that's fast. You get a car that works and a driver that's fast, that's what you've got with Kyle Kirkwood in the 47 right now. And he is really closing down on Stephen McAleer just in front of the 10. He's closed in on him a second a lap the last few laps, and you can see the gap between these two now as they flash across the start finish line to complete lap 45 with just 14 minutes remaining in this race. So about another probably eight laps probably to go in this race. Uh, and uh, Carl Kirk with that in that number 47 car, 447 Motorsports. He's uh, not quite with uh, with uh, Stephen McAleer yet, and uh, and passing him is one thing, but overtaking Stephen McAleer is absolutely a, another. Uh, task altogether. Oops, there's another off for, I think that's the Grants again, isn't it? David Grants is running say, in the sixth the position. I think so. And, uh, yeah, he's off the road and rejoins it. I think he's going to lose a position. He had 20 seconds in hand over the next car. Boy, that's a big grassy moment for that's David Grants. I'll tell you what. Yeah, exactly. That's Deja brother last time, wasn't it, right? It was his brother who went off there last time, wasn't it? Absolutely. The only person smiling about that off was actually Keith going, okay, fine. You did it too. <laughs> that way they won't have to, Keith won't have to buy dinner for his spin. You know, that way he's got a little retribution there because his brother did the same thing. But they have been so impressive this weekend in all seriousness. And they had a great run, that podium finish at Road America. So 
they have come to grips, so to speak, with that 47 Motorsports number 40 Norma chassis. And a couple of little issues here this weekend, but by and large, the speed has most certainly been there. Yeah, it certainly has. And that car was on pole position last time out at Road America. Uh, so, you know, I think they'll be ruining those, those mistakes today. They came into this race uh, only uh, 15 points off the championship lead. And uh, no doubt about it, without all those off-course excursions for that number 40 car, they would certainly be, at very least, in contention for the victory. There goes Carl Kirkwood. He's looking to the inside at turn one receiver, McAleer. McAleer didn't defend that line, did he? he he's confident in his own ability that he can carry the speed. But uh, Carl Kirkwood's going to have to work a little bit harder than that. He was going to have to make that pass for fourth position. This will not be an easy one for Kyle Kirkwood, I would not think, because Stephen McAleer, certainly they have not had the season that they wanted because they didn't run at Daytona. They didn't start there. They did have a good finish at Sebring with a second place finish and a sixth at Road America, but he's not gonna wanna hand this to Kyle Kirkwood. They want the championship points. But the other thing is, remember, these are young guns. These are guys that are hired to run at the front and finish well. You never want, <laughs> you never want to hand a position away and give somebody a better day than the day that you're having yourself. No, you don't. Uh, and uh, here's another battle uh, out on the racetrack. This is for the eighth position with the Tony's Kazmitz now trying to track down Rasmus Lind in that blue-white car ahead of him. He's, ca he's caught up uh, quite quite quickly over the last few laps. He was about a second quicker last time around. Uh, these two are both a lap down to the race leaders, but this is still a battle for position, like I say, for eighth position on the racetrack. Both Ligier chassis, and, you know, we talk about how impressive Rasmus Lind was in the two appearances that he's made, and I'm not saying that he's not impressive, Today, I don't know if the car's not working well. They had the speeding penalty on pit lane that certainly put him back. Um, and he doesn't know this racetrack, so he's had to certainly learn that. And remember, very little track time, uh, certainly dry track time for these competitors. So perhaps that's why we're not seeing the performance out of Lind that we've come to expect only over two races. But he was just that impressive in the two races where we saw him. Yeah, Kirk was caught up with him, but uh, you know Stephen McAleer is a very talented uh, driver. Stephen, he's he's worked his way the hard way. He, he you know, like Carl Kirkwood, they have a lot in common. Uh, just about 10 years of, of age difference between the pair of them, but they both come from pretty humble backgrounds, and uh, they both worked really, really hard to make a career for themselves in this sport. So look there at uh, at uh, Dakota Dickerson, who's in third position, trying to put a lap now on the number 75 car of the Maxwell Hanratty. Dakota Dickerson is running in a uh, in third position, but not far behind him uh, as he looks to, the, uh, to, to make a move there on, on Hanratty toward the roller coaster. Just in the corner of the glimpse, we saw a glimpse of those two cars behind him. That is a battle for fourth, which is soon to be joined in a battle for third. This, this, uh, Stephen McAleer is closing pretty quickly now on Dakota Dickerson and bringing Carl Kirkwood with him. In the meantime, by the way, uh, in the second place position, uh, Scott Andrews remains in car number nine, but he has backed up his, place, his pace hugely over the last few laps. He's clearly 
on in the fuel save mode now it's just going to try to maintain second place he's still got 20 seconds over this battle for third position has scott andrews but uh, he's got no challenge now to matt bell who's pulling away at the front of the field hand ready letting McAleer through then kirkwood that's the way you do it when you're not fighting for the position he has led them through andrews interesting that he's Saving fuel. You and I talked about that, Jeremy. If you're going to save fuel, you need to do it from the get-go. You don't get a lot of fuel saved with 10 minutes to go in the race. You start saving fuel. So it be interesting to see how that plays out. But I had noticed the same thing with Dakota Dickerson. When I saw the car come off the corner, I went, wait a minute. What's that turquoise flash just behind him? Well, that's Stephen McAleer, and he's got Kyle Kirkwood right behind him. So Dickerson, when you think about championship implications, he's going to lose a couple of points to Bell and Rao here if he finishes third. But if that fight gets to him with McAleer and Kirkwood and he loses another position on the racetrack, that is not going to bode well for his championship hopes. Yeah, this is a, there's a lot of, uh, a lot yet to go, I think, a lot of interest remaining in this uh, in this race. It might only be seven and a half minutes, but there's a lot of question marks. Last time around for Scott Andrews, a 146.2. The gap between himself and a third-place car is now uh, 19 seconds, as he was last time around. Could be some late-rate drama here at Virginia International Raceway closing in on seven minutes to go Andrews in second saving fuel will he have enough to make it to the end and will Bell Ravine now Rao extend their points lead yeah but this is the battle we need to be watching right now it's a battle for second position it's uh, it's for third position excuse me Dakota Dickerson is now 17 and a half seconds behind Scott Andrews but uh, we can see the gap back to that uh, blue and green car of Stephen McAleer and right behind him the black and gold car of Carl Kirkwood who's the fastest man on the racetrack by quite a long way new lap record 141.750 the old lap record was 142.7 so a full second taken wow. away of the old lap record by Kyle Kirkwood Kazimitz Rasmus Lind having a good go of it Kazimitz in the 60 that silver and black machine the Blue and white of Lynn side by side, and Kazimitz is going to get the best of that just in front of them. The nine of Andrews, who is slowing considerably the last couple of laps, obviously working in that fuel conservation mode. Will they have enough to make it to the end? This is going to be telling right here. If he slows down enough down the straightaway, and he does, that Kazimitz is going to get by, you wonder if they're not just saving, but if they're not in trouble. Yeah, I think they're definitely in trouble. I mean, last lap around one, well, 146.3, so he's lapping consistently now in the 46s, which is about uh, well, three or even four seconds off his, uh, his ultimate pace. Uh, and there's, what, uh, five and a half minutes remaining, so it's going to be another three laps around this uh, 3.27 mile racetrack. Interesting to see. Closing in on five minutes to go. Bell still out in front, the 64. From the drop, the green led the field. We started on team championship points with no qualifying being run yesterday. And 
64 has been at the pointy end of the stick all day long. Nine, a little more work to do as Jerry Krauts started back in the seventh position, but he had a good, solid run, moved that car forward, and then Scott Andrews got in it and has showed us why that team has been so strong as of late. Three races into the championship, they missed the first one, but won the next two. Shows just how quick they are, but really concerned as to whether they've got the fuel to make it to the end. And then this battle here, this is for third. Dakota Dickerson, the first car in the shot. And then just behind them, Stephen McAleer in that turquoise and blue number 10, followed by the fastest car on the racetrack, as you have said, Jerry, Jeremy, Kyle Kirkwood in the 47, and now a problem for the 36. That's down at Hogpen, I believe, onto the front straight. Yeah. It looks like he lost it coming into that last corner. That's right. That's uh, Paul Lahey there, who's had a quick spin there. He's uh, the, at the back of the field. He was uh, trying to get out of the way there. Oops, or maybe he wasn't Ooh. trying to get out of the way. He was taken surprise there by Tony Skazmitz uh, going past him. And I hope he hasn't high-sided that car on the edge of the asphalt there. That would be, uh, oh. I hope this race doesn't finish under full course caution. That would be uh, yeah, a really bad news. But uh, look at this, the battle for second, third, and fourth. Dakota Dickerson, he is driving like his life depends on it. His last few laps will be within a few tenths of a second of his fastest laps of the race. Luckily for him, Stephen McAleer in that number 10 car, he's more he's uh, more concerned at the moment about keeping Carl Kirkwood behind him in the number 47 car. But this is a super battle for the uh, third and fourth positions, third, fourth and fifth positions. But now they're only seven seconds behind Scott Andrews. This last lap around for Scott Andrews at 150.301. There's going to be two laps to go in this race. And uh, I think Scott Andrews now is in, dear, in serious trouble. I think he's in dire straits. And it's interesting, that spin by Paul, Ma by Paul LaHaye may have been what really closed this battle up because they were just coming down through the roller coaster when LaHaye and Kazimitz got together. And I think perhaps they needed to check up a little bit and it's allowed it to close in just that much tighter. But Andrews is in big trouble. Two and a half minutes to go from BIR. Great stuff. So two and a half minutes to go. Let's have a replay here of uh, what happened there. It was Paul LaHaye. Was I think he was taken by surprise there by Tony Scazzo. He didn't didn't see him to last minute. He kind of jinked left to try and get out of the way. That put him onto the grass uh, and the, the slippery grass around he goes. So uh, a harmless spin. There was no contact for Paul LaHaye. And the good news is he, I think he was able to keep that car going in. So no full course caution. Two minutes remaining in this race. So it will not be the white flag this time around. So two more laps oh. Andrews has to do. And there is the gap. This is Andrews coming into turn one right behind him now. Dickerson, uh, McAleer and Kirkwood. Dickerson pressing. You saw a little tire smoke, just a skosh of lockup off that right front as he went bending the car down to that second apex for turn two. Now, right there, Andrews limping, saving everything he can, and he did not want to see two laps to go. He wanted to see one lap to go. He does not get his wish. And now, what do you do? If you're Scott Andrews, what do you do? Do you just throw caution to the wind and go? Or do you continue saving fuel? And meanwhile, you're stacking up the battle behind you, up through the climbing S's. If that car balks through here, it could be a problem for everyone behind. For Andrews, he's got to hope that, that Dakota Dickerson or one of these other guys behind him, both of them, make some sort of a mistake. That's what he's hoping for at the moment. He's trying to bottle them up. Tries, 
McAleer tries to go outside. He gets caught up. Kirkwood gets a run. Andrews going to the back. He's having to save, and he is getting passed by all three cars. And now the drama and the fight is going to be for second place. Tremendous stuff. It will be the white flag uh, this time around. In fact, uh, I think uh, Matt Bell, he's so far ahead of him, he's just taken the white flag. So it'll be just what, the final lap for, for him. But uh, this is a battle. This is when all eyes are on this battle for second, third, fourth. And uh, unfortunately now for Scott Andrews, he's back in fifth position. He's not really part of this battle. I don't think he's got a, uh, a long, long way ahead. There. He's 47 seconds ahead of the next place car, which is number 40 of David Grant. White flag flies on this battle for second place. You got your belts on tight, Jeremy. This one could be wild. Dickerson through turn two, and it looks like McAleer can't quite stay with him and probing behind is Kirkwood. Is he going to get a run? Maybe that's what McAleer was doing because now he gets a run and looks up the inside of Dickerson into four. That's not happening. Great stuff. And uh, he fainted to bit move the inside McAleer. I don't think he really uh, intended to do so. He was trying to put Dick Dickerson off. Dickerson having none of that. So the, here they are, back through the climbing edge. I don't think there's any way he can make a pass there, is there? Oh, is there, there? Is. he does! He gets it done. Stephen McAleer passed Dickerson as they head into the climbing S's. And now, what does Kirkwood have? Oh, what a move by Kirkwood! <laughs> Tremendous racing between uh, these three, but out in front. Matt Bell is going to bring it home. Matt Bell and Naveen Rao, they came to VIR with a championship lead. They'll extend it. They win at VIR, their first win of the season. And I don't know that the fight for second is yet over with. Down the back straightaway. There's the 10 of McAleer. They've got a lap car in front. Dickerson has fallen to fourth. This is the battle for second. McAleer clears him. Kirkwood's going to have to try to go around the outside. That's difficult to do in Hogpen, if not impossible. McAleer, your winner last year here in a solo run, is going to endure the battle and take second place. Then Kirkwood, then Dickerson. Yes, We're Dickerson. still waiting for him. And where is Scott Andrews? Andrews is limping down the back straight. He's still got uh, a good half a mile to get to the finish line. He's uh, clearly on on uh, on dregs, if that. Don't know where Dick oh, Dickerson has finally crossed the line. So it was a very, very slow final lap for Dickerson, but he did make it home in fourth position for MLT Motorsports. But, but, but for Andrews, he's coasting in that car. It's downhill here, but then there's a, there's a kind of a, a level, even uphill run. It's quite a long way to the start-finish line. I'm not sure he's going to make it. Wow, that's really all I can say to that is wow. We said you've got to start saving fuel at the beginning of the stint, and I wonder if they just felt like, hey, let's let's battle right now with Matt Bell and see if we can get the victory, and they waited too late, obviously, to make that call. Going to bring the car into the pit lane, and uh, I'm not sure he's going to meet, re reach the finish line. No, he's already fallen. Uh, to the uh, the tail of the cars uh, on the lead lap. Wow. Wow, what a day for Scott Andrews and such heartbreak, but what a day of elation and celebration for Matt Bell, Naveen Rao, their entire K2R Motorsports team. 
started up front based on team championship points, but obviously they had the speed to match that pole position that they were given, and they take their first victory of the season in IMSA Prototype Challenge competition. And more importantly than that, Jeremy, they'll extend their championship lead, although Dakota Dickerson was doing everything he could, and he ends up finishing fourth. He's going to drop a little bit. Yeah, he is. Uh, 123 points, I reckon, now for Naveen Rao and Matt Bell. So they came in with a two-point lead over Dakota Dickerson. It'll now be out to nine points. And uh, Joel Janko, with that drive by Carl, Kirk, Carl Kirkwood, will close on to D Dakota Dickerson. He will now be just six points behind in third position. There is D D Dakota Dickerson for the second race in a row. He's just about reached the finish line with that car. Uh, he, he ran out of fuel also wow. at uh, Road America. There's Rasmus Lind also is out of fuel as well. That, that, how close do they cut it? That close. Looks like a parking lot out on the racetrack. IMSA Prototype Challenge Competition. It is some of the best sports car racing in North America. You saw why just now from VIR. Make sure you catch all of the events. We'll see you down the road. So long, everyone. This program is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more, visit RadioLeMond.com.